Welcome to The Blitz. It is episode 16 and we are back. It's your hosts, C, Frank, and Tom, um, giving you your just stats around the league and things we're seeing. Today we got a real nice uh, episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about interception leaders and kind of what we think, just some sack leaders, points per game leaders, and you know, just dipping into the early season MVP race. So without further ado, we're just going to jump right in. So first off, we're going to talk about interception leaders, quarterbacks. Tom, you kind of want to take this segment away? Yeah, so this one is something that holds a little bit more impact this year. Uh, as you guys all know, we do have the new 40 interception rule. So once your quarterback hits 40 interceptions, they need to be benched for the remainder of the season. Uh, so brace yourselves because we got quite a few guys here. Uh, so we actually have 16. Half of the league is on pace to, to hit the 40 interception mark. So starting up top, we got Kyler Murray who currently has 26 interceptions. He's on pace for 59 through seven games. He doesn't have much left until he has to be benched. So he looks like he's actually on pace to miss quite a few games. Sam Darnold has 23 on pace for 52. He's played seven games. Joe Burrow has 22 on pace for 50 through seven games. Josh Allen has 21. He's on pace for 48 through seven games. Lamar Jackson, 21 on pace for 48 through seven. Deshaun Watson, he's got 20 on pace for 53. He's only played six games. Russell Wilson has 20. He's on pace for 53 through six. Ryan Tannehill has 19. He's on pace for 50 through six. Baker Mayfield has 18. He's on pace for 41 through 7. Kaepernick has 18 on pace for 48 through 6. Daniel Jones, 18 on pace for 41. He's through 7. Matt Ryan, 18 on pace for 48 through 6. Matt Stafford has 16. He's on pace for 51. He's only played 5 games. He's had a bye and hasn't played this week yet. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has 15. He's on pace through on pace for 40 through 6. Cole McDonald has 15. He's on pace for 40 through 6. And Cam Newton is last. He is he has 15 on pace for 40 through 6. With these numbers, there's a couple guys sure that probably won't get it. You know, Newton, I'm not worried about. McDonald, I'm not worried about. Haskins won't hit it because uh, number one just traded for. Uh, to Rod Taylor, so I don't think Haskins is even going to play that much anymore. And uh, who else on here? Uh, Mayfield, he'll be close, but he probably won't get it. And Daniel Jones. But that's five guys out of 16. That means that there's 11 guys who are on pace for 48, 49, 53, 55, stuff like that, where they're gonna be benched and we're not talking last game bench like these guys are on pace to hit 40 probably by week 12 week 13 or so so they're gonna miss quite a few quite a few games at the end of the season here and let's well let's look at the flip side too who's doing best for the amount of attempts so first up we have league leader teddy bridgewater he's got 12 interceptions on 206 attempts He's averaging interception every 17 pass attempts, which is solid. 
Brady has five interceptions on 186 attempts, so he's averaging an interception every 37 attempts, even better. Drew Locke has four interceptions on 184 attempts, so he's averaging one every 46 attempts, which is even better. And then the last two we have on the list here, we have Breeze, who's got nine picks on 176 attempts. That's an INT every 19 throws. And then Tua has seven on 151. He's averaging an interception every 21. So Cody, with all that said, with the new 40 INT rule, the way this Madden's gone so far, you know, everything taken into account, what are you gathering from all this? So, well, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this and then I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit, but <clears throat> it definitely can be managed. You know, you see guys like Teddy, Brady, Locke, Breeze, Tua, like they're staying under the 40, you know, by a good amount. Like they're having, you know, pretty good seasons. Um, but like on the flip side of it, like half the league is like riding the line and I get like this 40 interception rule from like a a realism standpoint just because like quarterbacks don't throw 40 but we do have to remember that this is also a video game and you're basically like now putting the clamps on half the league telling them how to manage the quarterback position and I just like, I know my guy, he's riding the line for 40. I definitely don't plan for him to get 40 because I'll, like, I'll kind of pace him out and I won't throw certain balls in certain games if that's what it takes. But, like, it's really shitty because, like, half the reason you, you take some of these teams is to play with a Lamar who's on pace for 48 or a Russell Wilson who's on pace for 53. So, I think moving forward, if we keep quarter length the same, like the same length, and we don't do anything about that moving forward, um, I, I think the forty interception rule has to kind of come to an end. I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan from what I'm seeing because, like, I, it really hurts the bottom of the league. And I understand everybody needs to, you know, raise up, play better, run the ball more, but like it's fun to throw it around and like i don't really see what it's hurting besides themselves um i guess that's my takeaway i think we need to revisit this 40 interception rule and either tweak it or remove it or do something about it because 16 quarterbacks are riding the line and that's a lot yeah so the way that i look at it is i don't necessarily have a problem with limiting interceptions because they get out of hand i get it and like you said you know from a statistical point of view and like a realism aspect it's something you want to limit but if that's what we're gonna do i think it needs to extend past that we're gonna get into a few things later on but one i'm gonna bring up right now is josh jacobs he's on pace to run for 2800 yards that like that's absurd like that is an absolutely absurd number but there's like not really a problem with it like there's no limitation he's not required to use a second running back i looked at his team Devonte freeman has the most carries as his backup with seven that's one a game so you gotta you gotta pull a quarterback on your team for throwing interceptions with which we have extended quarters this cycle we move from seven to eight 
Again, another thing we're going to get later on. This is a very offensive Madden so far. People are putting up more points per game. You're throwing the ball more. You're getting a lot more plays. All of that taken into account. And we're limiting the interceptions. 40 interceptions over 16 course games only is only two and a half a game. So you ought to alternate between throwing two and three, which from a Madden standpoint isn't really that bad. A lot of guys win games and throw two or three a game. And you're going to have to pull your quarterback back from that. So like I said, it's it's not that I necessarily disagree with the rule. I, I just think things need to get tweaked for it. You know, whether that be quarter length or whether caps are put on other things, like I said, because I don't I don't think that with the way this is going, that quarterback scrutinized under this. But then someone like Jacobs, who's on pace to run for 2,800 yards, doesn't ever have to rotate out and, you know, give carries to a backup halfback or something like that. See, I agree with that, Tom. Um, but, like, I kind of take a, a little bit of a different stance, too, with it, just because, like, I just hate, like, I hate when we're made to, like, manage our team by, like, a greater rule of like the 40 interception rule or like you know that percentage rule we had at the end of last madden and like i i do get it from a realism standpoint and we are you know a sim league um so you know people will look at that 2800 rushing yards and that is definitely absurd but like then you have to put a rule in place to limit running backs well then you're going to put in a rule to you know for receivers to limit receivers and then like so like at what point do you draw the line uh no quarterbacks ever thrown over you know i can't remember what the touchdown record is 55 so if you throw 56 do you have to pull your quarterback at the end of the year because he already did something that's never happened before like i feel like you <clears throat> Things start to get iffy when you do that. And I just like when guys play and play by sim rules, you know, where they're not, you know, they're not cheesing and may maybe running for 2,800 yards is cheesing and stuff. But, you know, that's a whole other topic. But that's just my stance on it. Do you have anything more to say on that, Tom? Or should we just keep moving no, forward? No, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I personally am not for limiting stuff especially when we're talking madden terms because madden as much as everybody wants to try to mimic nfl as much as possible it it will not ever happen it's you need to more limit like you said cheesy you know quote unquote behaviors and stuff like that just to make a more fun environment to play in and people that like to play within the same rule set and stuff is really what should be limited more in my opinion because when I look at this list, you know, I'm looking at someone like Little Bear. You know, he's at, he's got 26. He's up top of that thing. Little Bear's not going anywhere, man. Like, the, the guy's been in the league forever. He's a great guy. Like, if he throws 50 interceptions, like, he's not just, he's not just going to bounce, you know, or, or anything like that. So, it's, it, to me, it's just not something that really bothers me seeing a quarterback throw a large amount of interceptions. And, I, and to add to that, I guess, I would hate to see a guy leave because he has to pull his quarterback right and we right. have half the league on that line you know like and de you know you're definitely not as committed if you're willing to leave over something like that you know there's there's always these gray areas and i want to try to cover them but like you know 
like like Cole McDonald's on pace for 40. But, you know, getting into things later, I think he's on pace to win awards, even throwing 40 picks. So, like, it really would hurt me if I have to pull him later in the year. And I'm sticking around, but, like, there's other guys that are maybe in similar situations or they're in a week 17, week 16, you know, game and now they're pulling their quarterback and they're going to miss playoffs because they have a bad backup and you know in the NFL there's bad backup quarterbacks there's not even really 32 good quarterbacks so I would just hate to like punish guys on the lower end of the spectrum like consistently and make it harder on them than it already has to be yeah and uh real quick just to piggyback off that a little bit because there's something I just thought of and last thing about the interceptions but there, there is, looking at this list too, there is a few guys. So like Matt Ryan, like he's he's going to hit 40. Like there, I, there's really not a doubt in my mind. He's three and three with the Falcons right now. So, he, so like come down the stretch, he's probably going to be in the playoff push and he's going to have to bench Matt Ryan. Yep. Um, that's no, that's not what you want to see. Deshaun Watson, he will hit forty. He's on pace for fifty-three, so he's going to hit forty with quite a few games left. More than likely, he's in the playoff push. He's three and three right now, so he's going to have to bench Deshaun Watson with games left that he needs to win. Same thing with Burrow. Like, there's a couple guys on this list that their team is really, really, really in contention and come down the stretch that's going to be the most important games for them, and they're going to have to bench their quarterback. That's the last thing I'll say about it. Let the players play, man. Yeah. So, switching gears here, um, kind of getting off that, um, you know, we're talking about pace for the season and picks. We're going to kind of shift into the sack leaders and kind of look at what pace they're on and, you know, talking about that. But so who are the top, you know, few guys on defense here? So this is our top five guys on defense sack leaders in the league. So Aaron Donald has six games played and he has eight and a half sacks. So he is on pace for 22 and a half for the season. Chase Young, the rookie, has six games played and he also has eight and a half. So he is also on pace for 22.5. Fletcher Cox has seven games played and eight and a half sacks. So he's on pace for a little bit less, which is 19. Daniil Hunter has six games played. He has six and a half, so a little bit more than a sack a game. And he is on pace for 17. And then Bruce Irvin has six games played, has six sacks, so he is on pace for one a game, which is 16. So, you know, kind of looking at those, you know, top numbers, I feel like that's, you know, a pretty realistic average for top guys. Well, what do you think, Tom? How do you kind of feel about these top guys? Anything you want to say? Yeah, so this actually... uh you know through everything that we've put together uh for the episode tonight this was actually the one that i i loved seeing the most uh i I love these numbers the average that they're on pace for i think is awesome it's a very realistic average um coming off of last year where guys were hitting 30 i i want to say miles garrett hit 40 a couple times i don't know for sure if he yeah if he didn't he was damn close and there was guys that were approaching that 40 number every year so seeing this is 
is super nice. Like, I really, really enjoy this. I, I like the average where it's at and everything. The only thing that I wonder is with the games being slightly longer as they are, do we think perhaps this is maybe a little bit low? Because offensively speaking, the numbers are up. And again, I said this before, but this is something we'll get to in a little later. You will, We will talk about how up the offensive numbers actually are. So should this be a little higher too to, you know, speak comparatively with the offensive side? I mean, maybe it's a little low, but it is on pace for a nice end of season total. You know, Tom, I will agree with that because... <clears throat> As, like you said, we'll talk about offense here in a little bit. Um, offensive numbers are, like, through the roof. And to see a realistic average on defense, while it's nice when you just look at it and be like, oh, Aaron Donald on pace for 22.5, like, like that's solid. He could hit the record. He could come a little short, depending how he finishes. Like, that's really nice. But, you know, guys are slinging it, guys are running it all over, and then you have just a realistic number. And I feel like, you know, we talk about Sim and what's Sim, and like these numbers are Sim, but like in Madden, you play guys that hold on to the ball longer than real NFL quarterbacks do. And that's usually why sacks are so high, or, you know, guys guys throw picks and that's why picks are higher like it's just how you play the game it's it is at the end of the day a game and we can only replicate things so well um thinking about comparatively i think these numbers are low <clears throat> tom do you want to take it away for our offense you want to switch gears into the next segment if you don't have anything more to say here yeah let's switch over to offense so this is uh this is what we've been waiting for, right? We've—I know everyone's talking about how much of an offensive Madden this is. So let's let's look at it. All right, we're gonna go over the top seven offenses, and I believe these are all these are yes, these are the seven teams that are over forty points per game on average. So number one, you have the Vikings at five and one. They have they're averaging fifty-one point eight points per game. Number two is the Chiefs, who are 6-0. They're averaging 43.8. Colts, 6-0. They're averaging 43.5. Texans, 3-3, averaging 43.2. Raiders, 4-1, averaging 41.6. The Panthers, 4-3, averaging 41.4. And the Bucks, 6-0, averaging 40.7. So like I said, seven teams that are averaging over 40 points per game. Those seven teams have a combined record of 34 and eight. So we're roughly talking about a 12 to 13 win season right there. But let's, so again, we're, we're talking a lot of comparative to real NFL here. Let's look at the real NFL teams, okay? Highest average points per game last year, 31.9 by Baltimore, 31.9. Chiefs had who had like you know the most highly talked about offense averaged 29.9 points per game. Do you know how many teams we have that average more points per game than Baltimore does? 19. There's 19 teams that average more points than the leading team last year, Baltimore. 
Now we're not all gonna, or sorry, I said that wrong. We have 19 teams averaging more than 30 points per game. Okay. Yeah, I said that was my fault. And only one team broke it in the NFL last year. Broke only one team broke 30 last year. We have 19 teams over 30. We're not gonna finish with that because we do have a couple guys that are really close to the fringe. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they put up more points. Maybe they end up going up. So we have a couple guys at like 29.5, 29.42. So they might go up too. But yeah, 19 guys over 30. And NFL last year had one over 30. Yeah. I mean, looking from a realism standpoint, we are blowing that out of the water. And, you know, obviously, I am just as guilty as anybody with the 51.8. And we can talk about how I got to that number all day. But, you know, 43.8, 43.5, 43, 41, 41, 40. Like, that's a lot. And we have to decide if, like, that's what we want. Or do we need to be adjusting, I guess. Because, man, like... That's a lot of points. That's way more than what they do in real life. So I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about it until we kind of get through the next thing. So you have anything you want to add before? No, I... no, not really. Okay. So, you know, that's like the best offenses. <clears throat> that's the top seven. So I kind of looked at defenses and I wanted to try to track um, some of the worst defenses and kind of see, you know, the points per game <clears throat> they're allowing and, you know, kind of go from there. So I plotted what I think is about like the 10 worst teams, you know, maybe 9, 10, 11, and 12, you know, you can kind of flip a little bit in there, but like this is about like the worst 10 teams as of recording. So uh, the worst team in the league points per game allowed is the Jets. They allow 42.8 points per game. They are one in six. The Giants allow 41.1. They're 0 and 7. The Texans, they allow 41.1 as well, but they are 3 and 3. The Bills allow 40.8. They're 2 and 5. Bears allow 40.6. They're 2 and 6. The Saints, they allow 39.1. They're 3 and 3 at least. The Cards, who we've talked about a little bit today, they allow 38. They're 2 and 5. The Ravens, 37.8 points per game. They're 1 and 6. Titans, 37.1. They're 2 and 4. And the Panthers allow 36, and they're 4 and 3. So, as you can see, you know, the only winning record there, which you would assume they're the 10 worst points per game allowed teams, there's only one winning record team, and that's the Panthers, and they score a lot of points on offense. Um, so these 10 teams, they combine for a 20 and 48 record, which equates to about a four or five win season average, which, <laughs> you know, you want to win more than four or five. Um, so, you know, the Jets, they're allowing 42.8. That's like the bottom here, you know, the worst of the spectrum there, you know, followed by like the Giants and the Texans at 41. And then the Panthers are sitting at about, you know, 36. 
So if we're comparing that to real life last year and the worst defenses in the league last year, it would be the Dolphins allowing 30.9 and then the Panthers allowing 29.4. So only one team broke the 30 point mark, just kind of like the offenses did. Um, only one team broke that 30 uh, point per game mark in points allowed. So, you know, the worst team in ours, you know, is like 12 points per game worse. And I know it's only six games and some of these teams will improve, but honestly, some of these teams won't. Some of these guys might not figure out defenses for a season. Some of them, you know, might not have good defenses. Like Giants team, you know, I, I know it pains you, Tom, you're a Giants fan, but like to me, I don't see a whole lot of talent on the Giants defense. And then if you can't get that offense going, he might allow 41 points per game. Um, <clears throat> do you have anything you want to add to this, Tom? Uh, no, I mean, when we were writing this up, like this just, it coincided perfectly with the offense. Like it's literally yep. almost a mirror flip of it. And, you know, we didn't go down and calculate all the teams that allowed more than 30 because this isn't something that like Madden Stack gives you. You got to actually manually calculate it all out but you know we're at 10 and the least of the 10 is 36 which is is just is just under six over um what the nfl leader was last year so you know i can only imagine we're probably still looking at about 19 20 you know give or take teams that are allowing more points than than nfl did last season so I guess the next question, Tom, and I'll, <clears throat> I'll, I'll follow up, is do you just, do you think these games are too long then? It depends which way you're looking at it from. Okay. I think if you're looking at it from maybe like a sim, trying to learn the new Madden point of view, then yes. I, I think they are, I think they are very long. I think that last year when we had seven minute quarters i think that was i think that was a, a good sweet spot i don't really think personally there was too much wrong with that i know a lot of people were asking for more uh time with the quarters but i wouldn't say that last like last madden was definitely offensive but it wasn't nearly as offensive as this one was. You could you can have some good defensive games last Madden. And I'm not saying that you can't this game. But there's a couple changes, in my opinion, this year that really kind of make this game more offensive. Uh, the biggest one being the change of direction for the linebackers. So they took super linebackers away a couple, I believe it was two Maddens ago, maybe three now. But this year they added the change of direction. So even though super linebackers were gone, you could still really roam and just take away a good chunk of the middle of the field with a linebacker and that's really it's it's not that it's gone because you can still lark people very well but if you're manning up on someone or you're you know within our rules where a guy crosses your zone you take them and they have either like a double move or let's say you're trying to cover a tight end on a seam route and you go seam but he runs corner you can't just stop and turn to the right and cover that like he's got separation now because you guessed wrong 
same thing if you're manning up on someone if you're trying to cover like an out or something like that and they run like a slant you're you're behind them you're way behind them and that's just across the board so like that's gonna lead to more it's gonna lead to more offense than last man so i think it's more offensive so in terms of in, of sim and in terms of you know the 40 interception rule yeah i think that the quarters are too long currently if you're talking from like a fun perspective and you know just where i see the league where you know i, I personally don't mind high scoring games i like to be in a nice shootout with someone i i find it more fun being in a back and forth shootout with someone so I like the quarters, the length that they are, but we're going to have some inflated stats in certain spots. Yeah, I can kind of get behind all of that. So, you know, for me, I love a shootout, you know, to me, it's a lot more fun than, you know, never moving the ball in a 7-7 game and like, you know, the guy kicks a field goal and wins 10-7. to And while that's great and like, Defensive battles do exist. I have seen a few this Madden. For the most part, if it's like a battle, it's it's a high-scoring game. And it's fun. It's fun to be in a shootout. Is it sim to be scoring all these points? Depends what you feel like sim is. And is it realistic if you're comparing it to the NFL? Then no, it's not. But I don't know, you know, I don't want to just say lop off you know, a minute every quarter because then, you know, these sack numbers are going to come down. Um, And I personally like the route of, like, if we were going to shorten games, I like the accelerated clock method. And while I can't explain it the best, um, I feel like you get a little bit, like, you get back into the action better and you maybe get a little bit more plays if it's accelerated clock because, like, you know, if they break huddle and it's seven minute quarters and they break huddle at 30 seconds, they can go up to the line. They can read the defense. They can audible once or twice. They can hot route, you know, and you're sitting there and in between plays, it might be, you know, the full play clock. If it's accelerated clock, you know, and it's dropping to 20 seconds or 18 seconds, you know, every time, they get up there and they can still adjust, but they're going to snap the ball sooner than they usually would. So I would say if we did decide to limit it, I'd like, I would personally like to see an accelerated clock first before we just lopped off, you know, whole um, minutes. <clears throat> Cause I, th- I think you can dial it somewhere in between, but I don't know. I like high scoring games. I think the league has been pretty fun, um, but I've, you know, I've played in some other games, you know, eight minute quarters. They can be really long games, you know, especially if you're, you know, you're losing and you're like getting stomped. It can be a very long game. So I don't know, something to pay attention to moving forward, I guess, though. Um, anything, anything else you want to add before we get into our final segment here? No, I, I definitely agree with you, though, with, you know, at least trying out the Excel clock uh it, it definitely can change it, it can make for some different changes like I, I think that if you add the excel clock and you play a team that 
runs a lot or is like a very efficient offense, I think it's going to end up taking off even more time because the clock already is not going to stop ticking just because they're not throwing many incompletions, they're running the ball a lot, and now you add the Excel to it, so it's going to always be ticking plus always be taking extra off. So then it's going to end up taking a lot of time off. It's it's like a tough balance, you know, because like the way that I look at it is, okay, we want to increase quarters, so we're going to go to eight-minute quarters as opposed to seven, but now eight minutes is too long, so we're going to take Excel on. Well, at what point does the Excel just end up making it below the seven-minute line? Sure. That, what it was. So you just it's just something to play with. You know, it's obviously, it's not something you want to play with, like, during the season, like it would need to be like a group effort that people will need to test out in like other like another franchise or something like that to test it out to see like where that happy middle ground is but excel does offer that option where we can be like oh we're just gonna go excel to 20 instead of going excel to or just instead of going to, to seven minutes and you know maybe that makes it where quarters end up being more like seven and a half and i know the 30 seconds doesn't really seem like that much of a difference but over the but over the course of four quarters i mean that's that's two minutes you know that you can literally call an extra two drives within two minutes depending on stoppage and everything and you know it's just you know kind of made me think you know it's such a balancing act and like i'm not saying change eight minutes i'm not saying don't change it if we did do a change I think at this point it would have to be once either the new season or when everyone's off their bye week so everybody you know is on the same playing field as far as statistic wise because you don't want someone to have you know one extra shorter game than someone else did because you know that could you know screw somebody's you know season up um <clears throat> but you know with longer games you know the the way it is you'll have to live with more points per game. And if you want to shorten the games, you'll get rid of points per game. But, you know, do other stats fall too much? It's it's quite a balancing act. It's very tough to figure out a good middle ground. Um, you know, it'll be interesting just to see what the league feels like moving forward here. And I'm going to, you know, kind of have my ear to this because it's, you know, it, it affects everybody how long the games are. So, um, we're going to jump into our final segment here. Just the way too early MVP race. I know we are in week seven, so maybe it's not too, too early. But, you know, this is just mine and Tom's, you know, couple guys we're, uh, we're looking at for, you know, poss- possibly winning MVP this year one. So I'm going to lead off with my first guy and then we'll kind of rotate. Our big rule was we had to at least name two guys and we wanted to name each, you know, name a defensive player, you know, whether they can really win the MVP or not. I don't know. Um, But we want to kind of show, you know, show the standouts on defense too. So I'm going to start off with my off one of my offensive picks here, and it has to be Teddy Bridgewater. He's played seven games, and he's leading the league in passing touchdowns with 32, which is just in a just a crazy, crazy number so far. Um, he's also averaging 346 yards per game, which is second in the league, and he has a 122.3 qu- 
quarterback rating. I think out of all the all the quarterbacks, um, you know, he is just the best passing quarterback. He's running an air raid offense over there, running it efficiently because he does not have that many picks. And it'll be interesting to see how he finishes up the season and if he can push into that MVP trophy. And the offensive pick I have is none other than Josh Jacobs. Guy is first in yards with 883, first in yards per game with 176.6, first in touchdowns with 13. Talked about him a little bit earlier. He's on pace for, I believe it comes to 2,817 yards, what he's on pace for, which is just an absurd number. And he's on pace to get about 30 touchdowns. I don't think anyone takes it from him personally. I, I just I just think he's so, gonna be so far ahead of the pack with what he's averaging. Teddy Teddy could probably be close with what he has. But I mean even Teddy, when you look at him too, he's on pace to throw over 65 touchdown passes. Cause he's not because he's not even through eight and he's at 32. So, you know, if this was the halfway point, he'd be on pace for 64. So like that's like that's something that I'm personally very interested to see where it goes. Like I just feel like we're so used to seeing the running backs from last Madden that I, I want to see how high a quarterback can climb. And we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy. I think he, Teddy's a, a, a good quarterback, but he's definitely not a very sought after Madden quarterback. And I, I definitely wouldn't say the Panthers have the most explosive offense. I think they have a lot of nice weapons on offense, but compared to someone like the Bucks, I think the Bucks are a lot better. I think the Saints probably have a better offense. Like, there's a couple other teams that are out there, but uh, I'm excited to see where that goes down the stretch, just to see what his numbers end up with. Yeah, Rhino is getting it done with Mr. Teddy B. And he was going to tank, too. And he was going to tank. <laughs> yeah, going to tank, yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> my defensive pick, my one defensive pick, um, has to go out to Byron Murphy. Um, gotten the trade from Arizona. He is now a Ram. He leads the league in interceptions with seven through six games. So he's getting more than one pick a game. He's got 29 tackles and he's got three deflections. So, I mean, seven picks in six games. That's crazy. You know, he's on pace for, you know, 17 18 picks i suppose so i don't know if defender can win mvp but if he keeps that pace up it'll be very interesting to see and the defender i'm looking at here is another ram aaron donald aaron donald's got eight and a half sacks he's tied for first as we mentioned earlier he's got 29 tackles on the season two tackles for loss and a forced fumble it was tough to pick this one because there was a couple guys that were that were close with Donald with uh, Fletcher Cox and Chase Young as well. But I think Hop's defense is young and improving as they go, and I just I think that's just gonna be even better for Donald down the stretch. And uh, I mean, it's it's he'll probably, in my opinion, lead the league in sacks. Like you said, I do think it's tough to go to a defender, especially with the eye-popping numbers that these offensive guys are putting up. But if I had to make a pick for a defender, I would give it to him. Yep. And, you know, just that Rams defense has so much potential just because, like, 
you know, those two guys play off each other. And also, you know, Jalen Ramsey, who we haven't talked about, and I don't have his stats in front of me. Like, I mean, you don't want to throw at Ramsey. So if you're going to throw, you kind of got to throw it at Murphy, but he leads the league in picks. And if it's taking you a little too long to find who's open, well, Aaron Donald's getting a sack. So, you know, quite a defense there. And then, uh, you know, my last pick, and you know, Tom, Tom's, Tom's done picking MVP. Um, so I wanted to throw my last pick here last. Um, I got to be a homer, man. And I got to just say Cole McDonald. Um, I know he has 15 interceptions on the year. And, you know, for an MVP, maybe you just can't give it to a guy who throws all these picks. But what he means to my team right now um, you know, especially being such a low overall. He has 20 touchdowns to those 15 picks. He's throwing for 370 yards per game, which is first. He's leading by like 30 yards per game. He also completes 63% of his passes, which not great, but it's okay. You know, he has a 105.9 rating. And then you kind of, you know, switch gears and you look at rushing. He also has 122 rushing yards and he has nine rushing touchdowns which is tied for fifth most in the whole league counting running backs so you know Cole McDonald through six games is really getting it done for me um he is not the pure passer that Teddy Bridgewater is um but you know he's getting it done through the air and the ground and if I can keep his numbers up, keep them interceptions down, I want to at least think he's in the race. Yeah, so I didn't pick a third MVP candidate because I wanted to talk about McDonald. McDonald, honestly, he's my dark horse to take the race. And so, like I said, <clears throat> I, I think Jacobs takes it. I, I, I honestly do think Jacobs is the guy. I don't think anyone's going to beat him. But if there was to be someone that were to do it, I think it would be McDonald over Bridgewater. And the main reason why I'm, I'm, I don't want to even, I don't want to say skeptical on, because it's not that I'm skeptical on Donald McDonald. I'm skeptical on the way that Madden rates the MVP race. I, I just, I don't know how much they take rushing into account for quarterbacks. Like I know you said it's a, they do take into account. But he doesn't have a lot of yards, but he's got nine touchdowns. He's throwing more yards per game than Teddy. So he's averaging more yards per game. You have a better record, which I know Madden definitely takes record into account as well. The only thing you're really worse on is is touchdowns, but you make up for it in the rushing touchdowns. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it goes down the line. He's one of those guys, too, that is like literally only getting better as he goes because you started it with what a 60 overall with him yep so he's getting better and better every single week whereas someone like teddy you know he's i think he's 27 so he's not old but he's you know if he goes up one or two overall points for the whole season that would be a lot like two would be a big jump for him if he went up that at this at this age so McDonald's just going to keep getting better. He's going to keep being more accurate as we go. I, I would assume you would probably incorporate his legs more as you go, because I was surprised he only has 122 yards as it stands. But yes, he is my dark horse. Jacobs won. 
I don't want to say 1B for McDonald. He's more of like a 1C, 1D. But I can definitely see him taking it if if the situation was right for it. No matter what, it's going to be an interesting race. It'll be interesting to see if one of these five guys wins it or if, you know, some receiver or just someone else comes out out of nowhere. And you just never know. You never know when an injury pops up or really anything happens. So with that, um, I think we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover today. Um, we're glad to be back. Our schedules have just been, you know, so busy and, you know, it's it's hard to find time for everything we want to do and just, you know, with the con, you know, content with the pictures and playing the games, it's it's a lot and we're just this league is advancing so fast right now and everyone is just wanting to play Madden and it's it's really great to see. Yeah, it's definitely nice to be back like you said and the, the hype of the new Madden is so real. I mean, we've we've said that we're sticking with 48-hour advances. Like, we're not going to be advancing early all the time. But I honestly, I think we've had only one advance go the full 48. Not because we're pushing for early advances, just because everyone's so hyped to play that they're getting them in so quickly. So, yeah, like I said, it, it, it makes it hard to keep up with, like, the stats. And then it's like... You go to pull stats and all of a sudden the league advances because everyone's just getting into so quickly. So it is very tough to to maintain that balance. But moving forward, I know we're definitely um, going to try to keep a strict schedule. We're looking to be dropping the podcast every Thursday, recording on Wednesday night. So that's the schedule we're going to be aiming for shooting forward. So all of the stats and everything that we're pulling will always be as of Wednesday night. The podcast will always be dropping Thursday. And I think it'll definitely just, you know, keep everything a little bit more organized down the stretch. Yeah, it'll be nice to build some consistency as long as, you know, we can stick to it. You know, we just, we love doing the show. You know, I love pulling these numbers and really breaking down just the league and you find things that you just, you don't really know or no one's really talking about. Like, I, I know, you know, I know certain guys have thrown a lot of picks, but I didn't know we have 16 guys riding the line on the 40 interception rule. And I didn't realize how how realistic this sack pace is. So, you know, it's just it's really interesting to break it down and give it to you guys. And, you know, we just appreciate you guys listening and just everything. So with that, guys, um, we are out. You have a good night and just let us know what you think of the episode.